Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench. We are at episode 102. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. Hi, everybody. What's up, Barbara? How are you? How am I? I am. It's Friday, so we're recording this early, and I've got a lot of work out there on my bench, and I really had a great morning and did a ton of stuff, and um, now I'm ready to go. What do you consider a lot of work? I mean, what what is that? You got like 100 units, 10 units. What, what's a lot of work to barb on a Friday afternoon? You know, about 25 units of Emacs layered. I'm not going to layer them all, but half of them are layered, so 12 it's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of work for an afternoon. Yeah, it's for the day though. But yeah, I'm pretty fast, but I have to be at like a super high focus. So who you? No. Yep, me. Hmm. It's good. I may come in tomorrow. Oh, of course. I like coming in on the weekends. It's fun. Do you only do certain work for certain doctors or yes. Yes, is it just normal? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One patient, all these units, or is it a couple of patients? Uh, it's about four or five. It's a bunch. Wow. Different docs, different work. It's fun though. I like it. Yeah. I bet you do. Sometimes it's fun to do. get to play rather than uh, supervise. <laughs> yeah. Adult daycare. That's fun. Just saying. <laughs> Sorry for all you out there that take that as a negative. It's, uh, it's, it's tough managing people. So how are you? I'm doing well. We are busy, which is good. But the big scare word in, in the world right now, and even in our industry, is the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Are you guys prepping to handle any of this? No. No? Yeah, most people aren't. And I have my son who's just all over it and keeps asking me about it. So we're doing everything to wearing gloves, disinfecting, everything that we normally do. Yeah. And washing hands. I mean, wash your hands for crying out loud. Yeah. And I'm a big advocate of that. So I'm kind of a germaphobe. So I just keep washing my hands and I'm not too stressed about it, to be honest with you. But I know a lot of people are and I take it very seriously. A lot of my team members are a little worried about it, but it's just you just have to do the best you can to protect your teammates. And that's what we're doing. We should not need a global epidemic to get people to wash their hands. You should be doing it anyways. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Are there any cases in Florida? Has anybody? Um, yeah, I think there's three now. There's a couple in Colorado yeah. County, and there's one somewhere else. And yeah, so I'm monitoring it, but I'm just not that girl that freaks out over stuff. So I get it. Yeah, I do know that it's affected a lot of our industry with outsourcing. I know some of the outsourcing digital design companies send out letters saying that they were behind because of production shutdowns in other countries. I can tell you that we had our biggest February ever because a lot of the doctors that usually send to some of the other laboratories that do outsource are sending to those that don't. Um, We do some, but we do a lot of in-house. And so we packed. I've got a full crew coming in this weekend. Just everybody's working extra hours. So it's definitely impacting revenue on my side of the street, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I think everyone that's done the work in the country, uh, I think it's all going to benefit. Yep. I don't want to say benefit, but they're all going to see a, a a positive a to this whole issue. Yeah, so sorry for those guys that outsource. Sucks to be you. 
Yeah, learn your lessons early. <laughs> yeah. Today, we actually have two more conversations from January's Vision 21 meeting. So the NADL puts on this program where if you attend Visions 21 for the first time, they connect you with a volunteer who has been a few times. So if you wish, you know, that person can show you around, introduce you to some people, and just to be of any help that you might need going to Visions 21 for the first time. I've done it multiple times, and I always get partnered up with somebody. Yeah, it's a great little program. But this year... I partnered up with a guy named Jesse Floor, who's a CDT out of California. Now, Jesse's not new to this industry at all. He's really already made a name for himself as a software beta tester and a certified advanced trainer and a key opinion leader for Dent Supply Serona and <laughs> other companies. He's like a national presenter. Sweet. This guy is not a newbie by any means. So as we chat, I found out that he has a background in labs and working at DSOs. So this lab owner not only owns a lab, but he also owns a couple dental practices. Hmm. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, we've not had this kind of take on labs owning practices before on the podcast. So after we talk to Jesse, I'm joined by two of the four people that participated in the fireside chat. So that was hosted by Megan Nakanishi. A few months ago, we had her on talking about that Mm -hmm. presentation, and it was all about second generation lab owners. So I had a chance to talk to Michael Ferrargo from Concord Dental Lab and Dory Satoris from DCS Dental Laboratory on taking over their parents' lab while never being an on-a-bench technician. (laughs) Both of them are wicked smart and killing it at running and growing their labs. So join us live from Las Vegas at the Visions 21 meeting. Have you heard about the amazing milling company called Alien Milling Technologies? Damn, Elvis, I think we saw them at Lab Day. They had that cool Space Invaders game set up where one lucky person won an Alienware laptop. Yeah, that was them. Did you know that they can mill everything your lab might need? Everything like crowns, abutments, partials, night guards, surgical guides, even titanium bars? Wow, that's a lot of milling. I also hear that they mill all of those things right here in the United States. They sure do. That allows them to keep the turnaround time down to a minimal. Usually, everything is next day. That's amazing. What if I want to use them occasionally, but don't want them to look different from the crowns that I mill in-house? Well, that's easy, silly. (laughs) They sell their zirconia and pucks, so you can mill your own alien milling brand crown. Wow. Yeah, they offer some fantastic types and various strengths, translucencies, even a multi-layered puck. That is great. It's nice to know that there's a milling center out there that can do everything 100% in the United States and help support the labs. You bet. Check them out at alienmilling.com. Thanks for your support of the podcast. Thank you. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. Oh, wait. I don't hear you. Wait a minute. Wrong one. Put these on. Sorry. Somebody messed up my stuff. Check, check. I can hear you. Awesome. Perfect. How's that? So we are here, still day one of Visions 21 2020, 
and I'm here with first-time attendee Jesse Floor. Did yep. you just say it like a floor? Yep. Nice. CDT from Digital Dental Solutions. So Thank where's you. your lab at? California. California. Nice. Epi- nice. Epicenter of the efficiency model in the lab business. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. So tell me, you own the lab. Yep. Tell me your backstory. How'd you end up owning well, this lab? Second generation lab owner. Okay, so your father owned it? Yep. Started when I was like six, seven, learning the basics. Yep. Then started learning it, ran away from it for a while, went to college. Yeah. Got a degree. In what? Uh, business and neuroscience. Oh, not, ba- not a bad degree to have. Yep. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, I could make money on the lab side. And then started realizing, wow, technology, everything. So I really started pushing CAD CAM. Mm-hmm. Made my lab almost 100% digital about seven years ago. Really? No model work. No, like I was trying to do everything as digital as possible. So no PFMs. I did zirconia, Emacs. So like I said, I yeah. tried to 3D print. So did you stop taking in traditional impressions? Yeah. Very risky move. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I don't really even know how to do that. So when you decided to make that move, at what point, how many traditional impressions were you getting compared to digital? At the uh, very beginning, we were 90% physical impressions, yeah. 10% digital. Then we partnered up with a DSO early on, and they were digital. And we realized that our efficiency would go drastically increased with just digital flows and workflows. So it took that one big account to promise you digital impressions and a volume for you to make that switch. Exactly. How did your other labs that took traditional, I mean, you just like, sorry, or get on board, or how did you handle that? Well, I I had conversations and educations with a lot of my older doctors. I tried to explain them the benefits and train and offer support. Because a lot of this was unknown. It was a great, you know, brand new frontier. About what year was it? Well, I started with CEREC in, I want to say, 2005. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a while ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, very challenging to work with, but, you know, it was a, it was something different. Yeah. And I hated trimming metal and models. And, oh, sure. Yeah. But it was worth it. And then the more I realized that there were doctors willing to work in with it. Whoa. Well, apparently we're having a party here at Visions 21. Yep. Jessica, I told you you should have been here. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hopefully they'll... There they go. They found the volume. So, yeah. What were you saying? So, so, uh, it it just... It it was a matter of being patient. Letting the market kind of catch up. And then showing them that you could work with CareStream. You could work with any SDL file. And, uh, you know, a couple years ago I predicted that that would be the standard format. And now I'm saying, like, digital is going to be printing and additive yeah. manufacturing is the next frontier. So what was your first step? Just getting a mill? Um, started with a small mill, a Seric 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. old. Worked my way up and then started adding roll-ins and slowly just integrated different materials, companies, into the mix and saw what fit best. Yeah. What's your design software do you use? I have ExoCAD, 3Shape, and Serona. Well, there you go. There's the uh, trifecta of them all. Yeah. And we're trying out Blender for dental. And, you know. I've heard about that. Someone mentioned that yesterday at the roundtables. That sounds very interesting. Yep. They're, they're trying to kind of go with the approach like uh, Blue Sky Bio. You yeah, kind of free. Yeah. Someone told me that's the way to go to make custom trays. Yeah, I click to use. I've heard it's really good with like Splint, so we're still trying that out. Yeah. But it means that I have to spend a lot of time traveling, learning, educating, because something new is literally coming out. Is that why you're here? Part of it, yeah, just to see the lay of the land on the business side. Yep. 
see kind of what other owners are thinking. And, you know, the good thing is we had that roundhouse yesterday, you know. The roundtables. Round tables, yeah. And seeing what other more established companies, you yeah. know, are challenging on. Yeah. And me, like, we're a five-person lab. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, wow, okay, so we've kind of pushed the boundary on what we can do now. Can we go into a growth stage? Are you looking to grow? Mm-hmm. Are you looking to be that... 30 to 40 sure offer yeah yeah like, like, like i said i see a great opportunity in the growth of the market just because the dentist population has exploded oh yeah and the technology has allowed us to be more reliable like just this morning before the lecture i was doing a design case for a doctor in texas mm. and i was like oh here real quick 10 minutes we're good to go he's like oh that's awesome that's cool you know we, we could never work like that before well let me ask you something and kind of off topic but i hear that California dentists don't use California labs because of a California tax. Mm, it's mixed yeah. because I still have a lot of doctor accounts. Okay. It's just a very competitive market. There are labs there, and even I have to compete with them, doing crowns from 18 to $22 a unit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there are other higher-end labs that can charge 120 to sure. $400, you know, yep. depending on it. Yeah. So there's a niche. But what it means is to stay busy, you have to find kind of that middle ground of, are they willing to work with me? Are they technology-based? Yeah. And then try to make your profit off of that. Nice. So where do you fall? What's your niche? Mm. What is uh, digital dental solutions? Honestly, it's almost production-based. So yeah. we look at doing crowns or designs for them. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do a design service, but it's just very difficult to get the doctors on board to because they want it real time. Oh, so they send you the scan, you design it, you send it back, they mill it. Yep. Chair size. So it's possible, yeah. but you almost have to have someone kind of just dedicated Waiting. to that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not consistent. Sure. So um, we're doing a lot of um, mill work, a lot of um, bridges. We just are adding a, we added a titanium mill, so we're going to be doing a lot of in-house milling for titanium. Nice. So I got all the FDA regulations on check and stuff. Which uh, titanium mill did you get? I got the um, Versa mill from Access Dental Systems. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. sure. I've heard of Access. Yeah. yeah. That thing's a beast. Is it? Yeah. Well, for titanium, you have to be. Yeah. I can only imagine. Well, I had done a tour at Arjun, and I saw that they had like 15 of them. Oh, really? And I was like, if it's good for them, it's good for me. That's a good way to think. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. So, so we're excited to get that up and running and rolling because there's a big growth in the implant market, and sometimes sending it out just wasn't a time factor because... It seems that dentistry is kind of going the Amazon mentality. Yeah. Can I get it fast? Next day? Yeah. Thing, you know. Do you find it hard to sell OEM parts? I mean. In California, yes. Yeah. Out of state, no. They actually expect it. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting dynamic. California is a very, very difficult field to work with mm-hmm. because there really is no regulation for the labs that are official. In California. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a huge business marketplace with no regulation. Yeah, so the doctors really don't ask where it's coming from, what materials are sourced, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I've had cases where like flex- we do flexibles and removals okay. as well. No, so I mean, I'll be like, oh, I cannot repair, so this is not Valplast. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Valplast can't be repaired. I'm like, yes, you can. It's just a very laborious process, but it can be yeah. reworked. And then we tried it. I'm like, no, it wasn't officially, you know, but they didn't even know. They didn't know, yeah. So education of our doctors is kind of being paramount for that. Yeah. 
uh, we try to show value that way, but at the same time, price is their main concern. Sure, sure. So, yeah. so what else? Do you do all removable? Mm-hmm. Are you printing dentures? Oh, yeah. Been doing that for three years now. Really? Yeah. Wow. So this is old news to you when everyone's in here talking about this. It's actually more of the workflow mm-hmm. because, like I said, we go, we've done traditional dentures like, you know, we process 40, 50 in a week pack pour you know model them through yep trying to ramp up production digitally to that is the next like frontier sure sure so like i love the carbon idea but the business model just doesn't work for my operation yep but it'd be nice to kind of have that output and production capability yeah absolutely it would so uh, like for the lab owners you really have to look at can this technology be upgradable in the foreseeable future or do i have to go with a cash financing mentality where i'm going to buy it outright cash it out and then be ready for the next upgrade yeah. in a short time period yeah do you want to own it or lease it mm-hmm. that's a tough game then you can't really unless you you know you're a millionaire like jim Lytle, you can't really get all the toys and play no them. <laughs> or if you're Oregon, you can't really get all the toys either yeah so, yeah so basically I, I like to think of it as leveraging resources for best game and and flexibility it sounds like you're doing a lot with only five people. Oh, yeah. I mean, removable, fixed, completely digital. That's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. Like I said, it, it's the only way to really make it happen that way. It takes time because, you know, doing a full arch case can take two hours of design time sometimes yeah. to really get it right. Then we like to prototype it, print it. That's the fastest way to before We used to oh, have to mill it. Yeah, yeah, to see if it really works. But now worked. you print it. Nice. So it does make us more efficient in some ways, but the flow still needs to catch up on some yeah. things. So it's exciting to work with them. And I work with a lot of good doctors that are willing to kind of push the boundaries on that. That's hard to find. Yeah. That's hard to find. We have a lot of dentists, but none of them ever want to step outside their comfort zone. Yeah. That's why we do way too many PFMs than I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I said, and I'm fortunate enough that I also have a clinical arrangement. So I actually have my own DSO. So I have two clinics that we can try out workflows with. Did you, you own the DSOs? Mm-hmm. So you employ mm-hmm. dentists. Mm-hmm. Well, we contract with a dentist partner, and the dentist partner can contract with other dentists they open up clinics we staff them with technology and then we get to practice a lot of the workflows so we That's just a super interesting dynamic i never heard of this i mean is anyone else doing this do you know i mean well, labs that own dso's honestly i don't know that's pretty cool yeah. how do you even fall into that or where did this idea come from well i went to work for a couple of dso's when the recession hit the lab business kind of slowed down yeah. in california and it gave me an opportunity to look outside of the box and look at it from a clinical perspective so i actually went and became an assistant and worked in oh, really? and worked my way up in management and saw how their business model and their mentality thinks. You know, I see, I've seen a couple of panels where they talk about DSOs and running away from them. Yeah. With me, I'm like, I'm wholeheartedly embracing them. Really? Even with a five-person lab? That's crazy because you... There's a mentality in our industry that you got to be a huge 100-person-plus lab in order to handle the DSOs. No, like I said, with me, I, I, was, li- I was luckily to be mentored by Frank Acosta. You know, okay, yeah, and, sure. And he has a family business, it's just like mine. Yep. And, you know, we leverage the technology. Like, I have multiple mills to handle the volume, and then we just have to work and really stagger our caseload to be as efficient as possible. That's crazy. So I know there's some states where the dentists have to own the practice. Obviously, California is one where a dentist doesn't have to 
to own it. Exactly. Or there are different ways around that where you can work together in a partnership type method and make it successful that way. But like I said, yeah, that's the business model. I was a little worried when North Carolina had that, you know, regulations where only dentists could own, but then it got repealed. So it kind of shows that if Wall Street kind of jumps on board with it, it's a safe bet to kind of plan it long term. Interesting. How long have you owned these practices? Uh, the oldest one I have now is going to be five years old. Wow. So, That's so cool. So I've literally been able to see every business model out there from managed care, like HMO care, and what their pressure is to produce, yeah. to a fee-for-service, to you know PPO in-network participation programs. So when a doctor says, hey, can you do it for cheaper, I can be like, I really know what you want cheaper for why. Interesting. And this could satisfy what your insurance wants. I just had an office last week call me and says, we need to talk about pricing because I get too much Medicaid. Yep. So they're telling me prices that they get from Medicaid. I have no idea if they're right or wrong. I'm assuming they are because why would you lie to me? But next thing you know, uh, they're asking me to drop it down 10 bucks. To give you an example, we have a Medicare plan in one of our, our oldest office. It's an HMO plan. The insurance will reimburse the doctor $200 for a single denture. And that's it. Yeah. And so we and we try to explain the patient upgrades and try to explain the benefit of, let's say, the Lucitone system or IPN teeth, you know, which is we consider an upgrade. And that's yeah. how they can make money. But if not, you kind of have to eat the cost. And that yeah. puts pressure on the office to find the lower price. And it gives you so much leverage to understand that side of things. Yep. So when DSO groups come to us, I already know kind of their playbook and that this is what they're facing. They can see it in volume because they see 60 to 70 times what one private office could do and then you got to look at that business model so 3d printing would be a lot more easier to do that kind of volume yep. than that at that price point and then if it fractures breaks it lost oh, we can do a recharge fee or something so the yeah, technology yeah. allows us to kind of allow that to do that whereas if i had my traditional lab guy do it cost of labor sure makes that un- unfeasible interesting you ever get any uh, negativity from other doctors in the same area that your practice is in about mm-hmm. you using the same lab or anything? Yep. Yeah? Yeah. But like I said, they kind of created the storm in allowing me to compete as is because they didn't want it to get it regulated. So they created their own storm. Yeah. So that's good because I've had doctors be like, you shouldn't be allowed to do this. Well, do you want to partner up or do you want to fight against me? Yeah. So that's the conversation we end up having. And they're like, you know what? I should join or work with you or do this. So slowly we're converting them more to digital. A lot of pushes in that. Yeah. And then the system itself is just becoming much more efficient. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's the biggest scanner you see being used? Medit. Yeah, I've heard this. And I've I, heard this. Yeah, I brought it in, tried it out for different cases and everything. It's very versatile. Um, Armin's Ryan is doing amazing work with Cadre to really make it a clinical tool. Yeah. I have personally have three Omnicams from Sterona, Dense by Sterona. I had a CareStream, so I've worked and played with a lot of them. Yeah. And I'm fortunate to partner up with companies that want to try it out from start to finish, where we can go from patient, clinician work, lab, mm-hmm. and back again. Yeah. So it gives them a good proving ground to nice. see the workflows. I've heard a lot about them. I haven't. None of them come through our lab, but we're in Indiana, so everything starts on the coast mm-hmm. and trickles in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, it's exciting. Like we have portals for just about every major system out there. Yeah. And we get cases from different states, and we're not even remotely into them. But technology allows us to, hey, let's FaceTime or let me get you on my team viewer and let me show you the design, yeah. or let me email a 3D PDF. What do you think of this? This mm. one's really tough. 
it makes the speed of dentistry like improve. That's awesome. So it's I am I'm impressed, man. I had no idea that you owned dental offices. I think it's really neat. I find that a, a really neat aspect. I'd love to have you back on sometime to talk about starting yeah. a dental practice from the eyes of a lab. Yep. That's cool. Thank you so much, Jesse. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's get back to the uh, program. Sounds good. Thanks. Oh God, well, first I'm going to ask you these really in-depth questions. That <laughs> so here we are, day one in the afternoon of Visions 21 2020. I have two people that were up on the fireside chat today. This is exciting. Yeah. Very Dory Santoris. Sartoris. Sartoris. You're famous now. I, mis- I mispronounced your name. <laughs> yes. And you're from Florida. <laughs> yep. And then we have Michael Farago. Farago. Close. Fargo. You're, you're 0 for 2, but Fargo. that's not bad. Yeah. Farago. I'm <laughs> famous for mispronouncing <laughs> names, so feel honored. And you're in the Boston area, Boston right? area, yeah, about half hour outside the city. Nice. So yeah. you guys are up on the couch. First of all, I want to thank you for not manspreading. <laughs> Last year, the whole couch, they were just wide as could be. Uh. It was very awkward. Um, but you guys are up there because you're next gen. Your father owned the business? Yep. When did he start it? Well, he's been a tech for 40-plus years. He was an in-house technician for the beginning of his career and then became a a one-man show for a while and then bought into this current laboratory in the early 90s as a partner and then over the years ended up buying out his partner. So he's been, you know, the lab that we're a part of now, Concord Dental, has been around since 1962. Wow. Uh, I, yeah, I joined the laboratory in late 2000, about 2008, 2009, and then purchased the lab two and a half years ago. So, so you actually paid your parents for the lab? I did. How does that transition? It, I mean, is it like an IOU and then you just kind of blow it off like we, you borrow 20 we've, bucks from We've mom? got a, a somewhat <laughs> structured deal. You know, it, it's for me, I'm an only child, so it was okay. kind of this really cool opportunity not many kids get to be actively involved in their parents' retirement plan. No, so this was kind cool. of a cool yeah. way to uh, work together. And, you know, he, he did all the work. They sent me to school. They did, sure. they did all this stuff. So this was a great way to kind of honor them and, and no, that's build a cool, way to No, because we all want to take care of our parents as they exactly, get older. And you, know? you get to do that Exactly. And it's cool. You know, my, my father's still very actively involved at the lab. Does he's, he? he's there more hours than I am. Really? Uh, you know, it's just a passion. You know, yeah. he loves what he does and it's his, it's his hobby. It's his everything. So I tell everybody I'll retire before he does. There's, there's That's definitely funny. no, no doubt about that. That's funny. Yeah. So did you ever do anything other than lab in your life? I did back in when I was in college and just after college, I was into business consulting. So I was working with at the start, companies, anyone over $100 million in sales, doing transitional consulting. Uh, we were doing private consulting for wealthy individuals that were making large changes in their yeah. lives, financial consulting. Uh, in 2007, 2008, I went off on my own, and I was doing a lot of transitional consulting is what it, they called it. But I was flying around the country laying people off for large companies because the markets were bad. So, you know, George Clooney made a movie called Up in the Air where he flew around and laid people off. That's what I was doing. And it got old very, very fast. That should be good for the soul. It 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 was was very rewarding. (laughs) And it was uh, a large layoff I did about two weeks before Christmas that kind of pushed me over the edge. And I said, okay, that's it. I'm going back to only working with small businesses growing up in, you know, uh, my I'm a third-generation entrepreneur. You know, my father's always had his own business. My grandfather yeah. had his own business. I love working with small businesses. So as I started cultivating those clients, my father had a few things at the lab that needed to be taken care of. And I went in and started helping with that. But 
that was right when CAD CAM was really starting to explode into the space. And yeah. We saw a lot of opportunity there. So I stuck around on a part-time basis for a while, and 11 years later, I'm, I'm still there. Have you made <laughs> anything ever? No. Good for you. No, I don't. I, don't, I shouldn't your, be anywhere near the bench. Yeah, good, I, yeah. I, I have business hands. You know, there's no, uh, there's no calluses here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Dory, you came into it because, unfortunately, because of a... Uh, yes. Yeah. My parents passed away, yep. Kind of unexpectedly. Yep. And at that point, were you working in the lab? No. I was actually still in college at the time. So, I was on the path to becoming a dietitian. And when they passed away, I had a year left in school. Mm-hmm. I still finished anyways, even though I wasn't going to be using my degree. I you wanted... knew right away you were going into the lab. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my brother was there at the time. So, he kind of kept things running for a little while. And then we tried to do it for a little while together. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out. And not everyone can work with family. Um, and then he went on his way and I yeah. stayed and took over when you took over i mean you didn't know much you didn't you didn't really grow up in the lab yeah i mean i grew up around it but not like with the plan of learning it to to take it over so i was familiar with it but nothing near what i needed to learn so who crash coursed you everyone really yeah Yeah. a little bit of everyone i went through all the departments i kind of started like kind of like as a new hire almost just not going in like okay i'm in charge now I went through the model room and the delivery drive, did that for yeah. a while and st- learned how to scan and just yeah. kind of learned everything, how it operates, and then eased up and eventually got to where I am now. So how long were you owning it when I met you at the NADLU? Because that was 2015. That was pretty fresh, yeah. So it was like two years at that wow. point, and I was still... That was that was a crash course in yeah, itself. Yeah, I mean, it sounds years. I guess two to four years sounds like a long time, yeah. but I feel like it took that long to get my bearings and get to where I felt comfortable leading people and talking to doctors and you know feeling like I knew enough to to be the owner. How much did you run into that technician that's been doing it for thirty years, and all of a sudden here comes somebody that has yeah. no, and you've never even done it. Did you get a lot of, lot yeah, of opposition? No, that, that was difficult. Like I said on the stage, though, I mean, I just have to rely on the people that I know have my back and trust yeah. them. And I didn't ever pretend like I knew better than them mm-hmm. and just tried to learn from them as much as possible and then use my judgment from there. Sure, yeah. sure. What about you, Michael? I mean, yeah. obviously you had a legacy to live up to. Yeah, and, you know, for me it, it was kind of using those first five or six years as the slow burn to kind of build my street cred, you know, yeah. with everybody that I, even though I'm not a technician, I'm, I'm here with everybody's best interest in mind. I'm not going to say it went perfectly. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say that everybody that was on the staff when I started there is still with us now. You know, there were definitely disagreements about the direction and where mm-hmm. we were going and the process we were going to take. And that was never the goal, but the company was going through substantial changes. Mm-hmm. You know, the laboratory was not going to be what it was for the previous 40-something years. So it was important for everybody to have a clear picture of where we were going, where I wanted us to go. And if they didn't see the future as what they want to be a part of, I, I can't force them to be a part of something that sure. that they are not comfortable with. And I'm very happy that a majority are still on the ride with yeah. us, but there were some that just you know didn't see it as can't a fit. Adapt to exactly. change. Exactly. Yeah. It, was, it was too much of a change. Did you have anybody... Jump. 
that felt that they should have been in charge, but yet here comes the owner's son. And Luckily with the structure, you know, the lab was small enough at the time that there really wasn't anybody. Okay. It was very little management structure already in place. There was None of that was there. How so many people was, at that time? At the time, I believe there were probably eight employees, oh, okay. you know, so, including yeah. delivery you drivers need, and things like that. You know, it was manager and department it was, heads. No, it was very much everyone shows up and uh, by the gets way, the work Joe, done. the other person <laughs> from the fireside chat is walking by. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's already been on. so we Right. He know. doesn't get ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. So it was at the time it was an easy transition because yeah. none of that was in place. Sure. It was just time to start. Really, the promise was building a laboratory that wasn't as hectic because an eight person lab at that size it's it's chaos a lot of the time especially it's, it's if there's just, no real direction exactly it's just yeah. putting out fire so the promise really was getting to something that was more organized more consistent more reliable so how many employees are you up to now uh well including you know support staff and you know non-technicians yeah. we're in the low 20s 22 yeah see that's some uh, good growth yeah wow. we're very happy we've got a few conquered dental employees in mumbai india actually as part of our our what? yeah you know <laughs> a, a struggle being in the boston area is that we have a lot of really great high-tech startups in our area yeah and a lot of them employ cad designers yeah so where there's a cap in an hourly rate in the dental field doesn't exist for puma or nike or reebok or one of the other large cad based companies so there was a, an issue at a lot of labs locally that we were bringing people into this knowledge base. They were learning in dental and then jumping to a higher pay environment. I get it. So, you know, just by happenstance, a, a client of ours has a brother who owns a laboratory in India. And there was an abundance of technicians, but not as much of a need. So we had been tinkering with the outsource design groups, you know, and we got some really great work, but consistency was a problem. Mm. So we saw the opportunity to bring the group from India to our facility, train them on our three-shape design protocols and how we design teeth. I set up a three-shape design system in India for them. So they are our outsource wow. as needed. Yeah. So that was... Now, obviously, they still live in India. They do. Yeah. you just and with send files, they send back. Exactly. So with the time difference, it works out well. We send them out at the end of our day, and they're back, and they're done when we come in the next morning. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's a... It's is that a, technically considered outsourcing since I they're your I don't believe it is because they're, they're on my payroll. It's like they're a satellite so, location yeah, yeah, almost. Both. It's a satellite location. Our product never leaves the United States. It's just a digital design that's done remotely. So for us, by having the control of the team actually being employed by Concord Dental, they're held to the same levels of accountability as yeah. all of our other team members are. Interesting. So, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I can't yeah. even handle the ones in my own town. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How do you do that? <laughs> How do you know they even show up? I guess it's, if they do the work. Exactly. The work's so there in the morning. And, you know, and the pressure over there is that there's an abundance of technicians and not as much work. So giving them the opportunity they work oh, really they hard and they do a great job i'm yeah. sure they, they do work really do they hard need more work uh you know we'll see we might be able to work something out <laughs> you open it up a we, yeah, you never yeah, know could be an that. opportunity <laughs> so dory what does your day look like well, on average what do you, what's the most common thing you do every day firefighting really yeah <laughs> no i mean um i'm i'm trying really hard to focus on the culture and the teams and we kind of had some transitions with our management mm -hmm. we had a long-term ma lab manager that was there for almost since the beginning he's still there but i transitioned him out of the manager role and let someone else step into that you've done that um, successfully well it's in the wow. process this is like a couple months in so yeah i mean i'm yeah. trying to 
get him up to speed and coach him and talk with him all the time about what I need from him and what you know what I can do yeah. to help him and so just doing that and trying to keep the lab running and I kind I oversee production make sure everyone's keeping their numbers and you know being productive what I want the manager to be doing but right now I'm kind of doing, doing that it. and are you organizing work for each individual? No, he's doing that. Yeah, okay. he's doing that in the QC and I'm hoping he'll oversee the production. But right now he's kind of going in little by little. And then I try to do a lot of the relationships with yep. the doctors. I mean, we do have a salesperson, but I try to make a lot of calls or go out and visit. Um, not as often as I should, but I'm yeah. working on doing that more and just overseeing the financials, you know, doing HR stuff. Just a little so bit. So you of have everything. an actual salesperson. Yes. Yeah. Do they have a dental lab background or just a um, sales? No, background? No, just sales. Yeah. yeah. He's been with us for a while now, probably eight, probably ten really? years. Really? Wow. So um, he's now got so dental yeah, lab. Yeah. I mean, he just he can talk enough. Yeah. And if there's anything technical, we can have the right person go visit the doctor, call. But he knows enough to yeah. sell and have the relationship. Is most of your work local? Most of it is. We yeah. have some out of town, but most is local, yeah. So you got drivers out doing that whole deal? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a salesperson? We do. Wow. Uh, we've, we're very lucky. You never you used know, to hear this a you, lot. Yeah, you don't. that's true. And I'll be completely honest. I was not in the mindset of having a salesperson, and then I was approached by our current director of sales, who's actually, you know, I'll, I'll plug his name, Eric Wells. He's been yeah. he's been everywhere in this industry. He, he won't let me say exactly how many years he's been around, but yeah, it's yeah, 40 plus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's worked with some of the biggest names all across the country throughout his career. And, you know, in all of his time elsewhere, he actually had a home about, you know, 30 minutes from where our lab is. So towards getting closer to retirement, he wanted to come back home. And one day he randomly sent a letter and said, you know, I'm looking to work with a lab closer to home. And, you know, we met and just immediately clicked. And it's been really cool because I wasn't planning to develop a sales strategy, but Eric was able to work with me to say, what is our sales strategy? It's funny how sometimes just the right employee can create a whole aspect of your business. And timing. Exactly. And it's been more fun than anything. You know, we've got this group that, you know, uh, we do it untraditionally. We don't have performance metrics when it comes to sales there's no quotas there's no you know our goal is to grow the lab that's plain and simple that's it no matter what we do to grow it is really that's our goal yeah and we've had a lot of fun looking at continuing ed looking at all the things that it takes to grow a lab and we're over the years developing this really kind of cool outside the box approach to not selling the lab but just a really cool way to introduce the lab and leaving it at that and we see where things go from you there. You seem like you got quite the direction, man. We've got I a lot. Of, I'm looking forward to it. It's you need to do your consulting <laughs> with just strictly labs. I it wish I could fun. say that our lab was that driven yeah. and that controlled, <laughs> and, that, and it's it's awesome. It's, it's good to hear it. And a lot of it has just been, you know, not being in the industry, meeting so many really great people that have just come to us at the right time. Call it luck, whatever it is. Whatever it is, but take it. we're taking it yeah. and. It's been a really fun ride, and I'm excited, you know, being in a meeting like this and getting to meet even more people. You know, I think this is this is just going to yeah, be I the see catalyst. That. This is your first time. Yeah, I've got yeah. the I've got the blue ribbon for first time attendee. Yeah. yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, this is a great meeting, and your guys's fireside chat was unbelievable. I'm Thank unbelievable. you. I hope you're I really, being serious. Yeah. No, I seriously am. I'm not just saying that. I've sat through a lot of panels yeah. and a lot of them. <laughs> 
suck. <laughs> but that was really good. It, uh, it, the flow was good. The good. information was good. You yeah. guys weren't talking we over each other. We tried to make other. it natural. Yeah, like exactly. we were just talking to each other. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm I mean, lobbying for an invite to come back next year, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. You know? yeah. well, you, we'll be here regardless. I, I, we'll so, be here, yeah. but I, I, want us, I want that couch again. Yeah, where to go? I'd like to sit on I think they rented it just for us. You know, that's how special we are. And if you look at the hotel prices, I'm sure it wasn't worth it. Well, thank you so much, guys. We're getting ready to, yeah, we're getting ready to get back into it. So we got an Perfect. afternoon speaker. So thank you so much, Michael Dory. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thanks. Feel honored. Kettenbach Dental is a German manufacturer of award-winning impression, resin, and soft rely materials. In the United States, they have a team of dedicated manufacturer representatives who are eager to help support dentists and dental labs achieve perfect results from start to finish. They believe dentistry is a balance of art and science. In reality, not all impressions and impression materials are created equal. So Kettenbach is here to help with award-winning products like Panaceal, impression material which achieves the lowest contact wetting agent making the material the most hydrophilic on the market products like the famous futar bite registration offer your lab and clients accurate bike records with no rebound and it's easy to trim unique products like mucopren soft a resilient soft reliant silicone that is resistant to contamination offers an excellent bond strength to a removable prosthesis making this a long-term Reline solution lasting the patient years, not months. Kettenbach Dental only sells direct and with no middleman markup. You and your clients are likely to save 30 to 50% on material costs without sacrificing quality. A great way to start with Kettenbach is to try the Panaceal Lab Putty Hard or the Lab Putty Soft for your dental lab's matrixing, indexing, and duplicating needs. The additional silicone putty comes in a 5-kilogram base and a 5-kilogram catalyst. One-to-one mix with no additional messy gel activator. How about a box of the Panacil Lab Putty and a box of the Futar Bite Registration, all for $1.99? Simply call Kettenbach Directs. It's 877-532-2123. And do mention the code Dental Lab Podcast 199s. That'll tell them that you heard it on our podcast. For more information on Kettenbach, check out their Facebook page or visit kettenbach-dental.us. Kettenbach is standing by, ready to help your lab and your clients achieve inspired patients with impressive results. A super big thanks to Jesse, Michael, and Dory for joining Elvis. Without Barbara, unfortunately, I had some presidential duties on the mics. We totally love the stories and how they got where they are. We hope to have longer conversations with all three of them at some point because we believe they have more to share. Put it on your calendar now. The end of January 2021, register for the Vision 21 meeting and we will keep you updated as next year's event is planned. And... Elvis and I are just three weeks away from the DLAT meeting in Texas. This great meeting is what state associations should all be. The board has done a stellar job putting together a conference that even if you don't live in Texas, you should think about attending. It's on March 26th through the 28th. It's got a great lineup of speakers. Because of how popular the show is getting, 
They've expanded the exhibit hall. Good for them. Awesome. Elvis and I will, of course, be at the Argon booth recording again. All of the great people at this meeting, which we super love because it's live. Elvis likes it when I go grab people and sit them down and we just talk about their lives and their businesses and everything that they've got going on. So don't forget that the DLAT partnered up with the Association of Orthodontics Professionals. And if you are an ortho technician or looking to connect with other ortho technicians and get in some education, this is the place to be. Everyone should check this show out. And if you get in early enough, thanks to the guys at Alien Milling, Elvis and I will be recording at the Top Golf event Thursday night. Check out all the links on this episode's show notes. We'll see you there. Looking forward to it. All right, everybody. That's all we got. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. I don't know if that's a good spin on this or not.